as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Got a new crime report to report to you. And we got our chief in McAllen, Victor Rodriguez, joining us. Happy New Year. Good morning, chief. Thanks for joining us today. So in this collaboration morning, with the federal authorities, accumulating all this data, uh, tell me about the report and then see if you can share with us some statistics. Okay, I, I think one of the more important things to uh, highlight today is the fact that this is our first uh, our first actual neighbors to neighbors comparison. In other words, uh, two years ago, and this is something that's been in the works for a long time um, uh, with the FBI, is uh, basically transitioning from the old UCR format, and that format only reported seven basic offenses with the eighth one being arson. Uh, so they've migrated from, from that to what we now know as the National Incident, Incident-Based Reporting System. And uh, the object of that process was to uh, basically reflect more data. Um, so we've transitioned completely. We did so uh, in, after 2020. Uh, in 2021, we filed our first NIBRS report. So the 2022 report gives us the opportunity for the first time to actually have a neighbors to neighbors data comparison. And that's the report that's in front of you uh, today. Okay. Um, look, looking at that uh, neighbors to neighbors uh, comparison, uh, we came in at a negative 1.5% um, uh, in terms of uh, the 2022 versus 2021. That's not to say that uh, that we were not very we were not busy. Actually, we were quite busy during 2022, uh, and we can get into some of uh, we can get into some of that detail to the extent that you want. Ten four. Now, the, the other thing I'll, I'll point out as well uh, is that in that neighbors to neighbors comparison, we also are able now to do a neighbors to neighbors rate comparison versus the volume. The, the net volume uh, that I spoke to a minute ago, where we had a negative 1.5 percent. That's net volume. That's net numbers. Uh, when we compare data uh, in the what we call the uh, the crime rate analysis, that's a number of, of offenses per hundred thousand population. That gives us an ability later on to compare ourselves to um, other cities in the country. Uh, that gives us the ability to actually have an apples to apples comparison. In the crime rate analysis of the same data, we came in at a negative 2.7 percent. The reason the negative 2.7% crime rate and, uh, difference is, is larger is because McAllen is growing at, a, at an approximately 1.2% annual growth rate. So when you, factor, uh, when you factor growth into the population, clearly your crime rate is going to be, that number is going to be larger than your volume number. So, so I hope that explains both, uh, both tables that are out there today. The entire report is on our website. Um, for for you and for the public to okay. um, to peruse at your at your um, at your leisure. No, the first thing I was thinking about when you were saying about our growth, you know, with steady growth, you know, ten percent every decade, more than that, uh, more than one percent growth annually for the city of McAllen. I mean, you think that the crime rate would be going up at the same rate, but it's interesting to to see that we're actually moving in an opposite direction. Uh, we are now comparing. The City of McAllen National Incident-Based Reporting System, uh, that when you hear the chief say NIBRS, that's what he's talking about. It's the acronym, National Incident-Based Reporting System. That's different from the old system, the Uniform Crime Report. But now we're able to compare this NIBRS this year compared to the previous NIBRS report. We'll see what the statistics say. Our guest right now, Chief of Police for McAllen, Victor Rodriguez. Yeah, Chief Tim Sullivan here. So I'm bottom line, uh, in general, is overall crime... Up or down in McAllen 2022? So, um, 
one thing I want to I want to make sure that we're clear on before I go to that question is mm-hmm. that it's still uniform crime reporting. It's not it's not the basic seven we used to have. In other words, when I the the fact that it's uniform that means that the NIBRS uh, data analysis is all the same for all of us. In other words, an aggravated assault for us under the NIBRS format is the same. Uh, defined offense for any other city in the in the country. So it's still uniform crime reporting. It's now that it's incident based as opposed to offense based. The uh, the basic seven we used to report on. So I, as it relates to your question, uh, from a neighbors to neighbors uh, volume comparison, we were down in terms of of the number of offenses reported to us. But I will say this: um, we were still very busy during 2022. Uh, the crime rate was down a larger number and that's because of our growth rate mm-hmm. uh, so one of one of the things that I'll that I'll say to you about uh, how busy we were and, and maybe uh, emblematic of this is the fact that for example uh, in 2021 we had zero murders in 2022 we had five okay. so that that just speaks to um, how much busier we were although at the bottom line the bottom line uh, was um, a one point Five percent negative, in other words. So crime down. That that's what that negative number means. That's correct. Okay. In terms of volume, yes, sir. So you mentioned the fact that during the the, the previous uh, reporting system, there were seven categories of crimes. Uh, does that change with the NIBRS format? Uh, yes, we're now reporting two. I mean, I'm sorry, fifty-two different offenses Oof. versus seven. The so, uh, so, so, um, th- what's good for us this time around is that this is the first time we actually have a side-by-side neighbors in the new format. So, uh, yeah, the the previous the previous measurement instrument was what I call the basic seven. Uh, now we're using fifty-two okay. as opposed to the basic seven. Wow! All right. Let me change gears on you just for a minute here, Chief, because, I mean, we have a lot of stats on the number of crimes committed. What about the crimes you solve? Does McAllen PD keep so-called clearance stats, uh, the percentage of crimes solved, for instance, uh, a clearance rate for homicides? um, So there is is a... a, um, a Solved factor that 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 is uh, ultimately calculated by the the agencies that we submit our data to, um, but that is not at this point um, published. Um, that's why we. By the way, this is we call this the estimate. We release the estimate in the interest of public information and public consumption. The this all of the reporting that we're talking about today will not be finally published until about September or so when. The FBI compiles not only the data that we that we now establish as the the estimate, and uh, and all the uh, solvability factors that go into okay. it. Okay. It's interesting interesting to see, as you mentioned, the fifty two different categories. It really gives you a, a very very focused report on what's going on in McAllen. Sounds like a lot more work for you guys <laughs> to peruse all these uh, stats. Yeah. Well, it's data for you, right? You're just reporting to the feds. They're spitting it back to you in, in a breakdown among 52 categories, right? It's it, The data's... That's correct. You're in the business of data on a daily I basis. Mean, yeah. Yes. Um, so let, let me, uh, for just for clarity, it, it didn't mean that the kind of offenses that we're now looking on this listing we're not there prior to 2021. Mm-hmm. It just means that we're not the measurement instruments before 2021. Uh, now, now they're going to be. Now they're listed. So, the fact that uh, we didn't have, for example, counterfeiting or something like that appear on the previous UCR reporting system, did does not mean that they were not there and that they were not also reported. They were just at that point in time. Uh, Called what we used to reference as Part B offenses. Yeah, part words, of a different not category. The party that we used to, right, right. Man, you, you folks need to see, and we'll share the link on KURV.com later today. We'll, we'll also mm-hmm. post it on social media. But uh, check out that page and that report from McAllen. Uh, aggravated assault, simple assaults, 
Uh, those are down. I don't know what the difference would be, but those assault numbers are down. Uh, rape is up, though, 13%. Uh, uh, it, it breaks down into other different categories. Arson up slightly. Um, it even has bribery there. Uh, that's down. Uh, counterfeiting forgery up. Uh, destruction, damage, vandalism, that's down. Uh, they even have uh, cases of embezzlement, uh, extortion, mm-hmm. um, welfare fraud as well. Uh, all broken down. Identity theft. That number is down. When when an identity theft case uh, incident happens, you got to report that to police, and they got statistics on that. Shoplifting up sixteen percent in the area, but it's a, a huge breakdown in all the numbers, including animal cruelty, drugs, narcotics, all those things. Uh, you can check it out on the McAllen Police website. We'll also share the link on KURV.com and our social sites. Anything else you want folks to know about the crime report uh, for this year, Chief? Oh, it's just a. And NIBRS gives us an ability to have a, a little bit more comprehensive uh, uh, data reporting, so to speak, to our community. And uh, so we're, we're glad that we finally have completed our transition, number one. And number two, that um, 2022 gives us the ability to finally have a NIBRS to NIBRS comparison. Now we know where we're at in terms of the, the new data reporting system. And that is uh, where last year we didn't have that. Last year was our first year under NIBRS. Now we have two years behind us, and now we actually can do a neighbors to neighbors comparison. And the report in front of you is the result of that. Purse snatching, pocket picking, and since we're in the playoff mode in Super Bowl, they have a, they even have a category here for for betting and wagering. So you guys be careful <laughs> with that. All right, Chief. Thanks for the detailed explanation, Chief. That's our Chief and McAllen, Victor Rodriguez. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it, it's free. You know, go ahead and let it play for a second, Freddie. That's the only good thing about taxes. It's a Beatles song. <laughs> we say Happy New Year to Paul V. Paul V. Real, Hidalgo County Tax Assessor Collector. That time of the year. That time Again. of the year. Yeah. He sent me some pictures. Uh of the long line, I think, at the Edinburgh office. Yes. It looks like the long line at Disneyland for oh. for Space Mountain. <laughs> what's, the, what's the wait time on that line to pay taxes right now at the main office in Edinburgh, Paul? Good morning, good morning. morning. Uh, well, it's, it's, um, it's long, and we're trying to get people out as soon as we can, but it's, yeah. uh, it takes a it while. It doesn't have to be, though, with all the satellite offices that you got up and running, right? You, you can pay at the – we have eight offices throughout the county, and uh, you can also pay at the Lone Star National Bank. There's 19 that locations. agreement working yeah. with the Lone Star. Can yes, you detail yes. that a little bit? As long as you have the tax statement, it's got to stop in the bottom. Mm-hmm. You can take it, and you, they'll take your payment there. So okay. you can do it on Internet, too, www.hidalgocountytax.org. But there'd be a charge for that one, no? Like, uh, the, pay online? On, paying online. Line is two point five percent if you pay with your debit or credit, but if uh-huh. you pay through e check, it's that's free. Oh, I see. So you got the routing number and the bank account, all this stuff, yes. and that goes direct exactly. over, uh, over to no, your office. No, there's all no right. fee for that. So collections, um, how, how well, you doing right now? We're almost uh, at the end of the at the end of the month, uh, uh, January thirty first. Uh, if you don't pay your taxes by January thirty first, February first, you're going to pay a seven percent penalty and in interest. So we're trying to you know call our people here in Hidalgo County and go out there and. And take care of their taxes. Uh, some some of them maybe somebody might tell say you know I I didn't receive my tax statement so please call us at nine five six three one eight twenty one fifty seven. You would uh, you know somebody would 
<laughs> it happens. It happens. Misplaced so, their tax statement. <laughs> well, maybe they didn't receive it, but you know, yeah. if you had a home, if you have a business for the longest, longest time, normally I send out tax statements in the last week of October. Mm-hmm. So you have up to January 31st to pay your base amount. So we encourage you to do that. Uh, January 31st, the uh, we have eight locations. We have one in, in Mission. We have in McAllen, Mefar, San Juan, Alamo. Westlaco, Elsa, and of course the Edinburgh office. So on that day, we're going to close the offices normal hours uh, from four from eight a.m. to four thirty. The one in McAllen and the one in Edinburgh, we're going to stay to open till seven p.m. on the thirty first. Okay, Paul Villarreal, tax assessor, collector, Hidalgo County, joining us in studio here at KURV. All right, so um, we repeat the the same story every year. Because uh, some folks don't understand that your office and the collection side, you're not the one that's actually setting Values. the value of the home. Exactly. How often do you encounter oh my God. that situation with somebody? <laughs> Mr. V, I didn't do anything to my house. How come it went up a certain percentage? Explain the whole valuation. That's a separate Definitely. Department. You know, the, the, uh, the appraisal district was established back like 1981, centralized, so where the tax offices. Um, we don't have to worry about values. We don't do the tax rates either. That's the city, county, and school uh, boards. So the appraisal district goes out there to your property, and they'll appraise it. If it's land, they'll appraise the value. If it's uh, you put a home on it, they'll put the value of the land in the home. Once you have a, a total market value, the appraisal district will send the, those uh, values to my office on July 25th or thereabout. Then after that, I wait for the cities and counties and schools to go ahead and, and adopt their tax rate. Once I have the value and tax rate, I put them together in my system. Then I come up with the with the tax statement. That's when I send it out. All right. We have seen hammers fly for this past year. Edinburgh, the mayor, was joining us a few days back. He said, yeah, we got like dozens and dozens and dozens of subdivisions going up. The, the base, the tax base, considering the growth in South Texas, it must be exploding right oh, now. Oh, definitely. You know, uh, this year, the appraisal district, uh, just in new construction, it was over a billion in new construction. So can you imagine uh, the existing homes, the existing buildings? So we're at over $38 billion or so in the valley. You still need to collect on that, though. Like Definitely. Muscle minerals, where are you, like 90-ish percent uh, well, as far as bringing uh, in? Well, the, uh, the, the fiscal year for Hidalgo County... Out of 44 taxable entities in the county, I collect 42 of them. And 42 of them, I'm talking about all the school districts, all pretty much all the cities with the exception of two. I don't collect for City of McAllen, City of Donna. Everybody else in the county I collect for. So if you, as of January 16th, just the county by itself, uh, we already collected 181,711 payments for the county. It's a total of collections of 135299 so that, that's just for the county What itself. would you say percentage-wise? Would it be the, like the per- 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10? Or? Well, the percentage right now, we're at about 50%. Oh, that's only 50%? That's 50%. Yeah, we still no wonder it. you have long lines. Definitely. You know, we, we encourage everybody to pay their taxes by the 31st. Now, what happens if you don't have the full amount? Please come by and, and make a payment. We'll take your yeah. payment. So because uh, whatever's left, that's what's going to... Um, Incur the, penalty. The penalty. Okay, and you will work with the taxpayer on, on a payment plan as well. Right? And definitely. You know, one of the things is that if it's your homestead, if it's your homestead, then at that point, you didn't pay everything by January 31st. February 1st, I can work with you on a contract if it's your homestead. It's got to be on the system, homestead exemption. Oh, okay. And at that point, okay. it doesn't accumulate like the rest. Of, if you continue to make your payments all the way to June, all the way to July with your contract, mm-hmm. it won't accumulate the 15%. It'll go 1% per month. So that's good if it's your homestead only. Yeah, I see. Bobby, or Hidalgo County tax assessor, collector, and not only homestead, but folks who are elderly, disabled, uh, they also have available yes. a protection for them because, you know, for some of these folks, you know, they, if you're they get over behind. Si- if you're over 65 uh, it, and you apply for the exemption of the appraisal district and it's in our system, you, it, I'll give you an example. It's, you owe $100. You say, I don't have $100 for me. And if I have them, I don't want to spend them at one time, we can make you a quarterly contract, and and you can split those hundred dollars in four payments of twenty five. So you, the first payment's got to be before January thirty first, March thirty first, May thirty first, and July thirty first, with no penalties and interest. That's a quarterly for over sixty five, and uh, so pretty much like I said, you know, January thirty first is here, uh, almost here, and uh, 
please come by the offices. You can pay online, uh, www.hidalgocountytax.org. We have 19 locations for the Lone Star National Banks. You yeah. must you yeah. must have your tax statement with you. And uh, if you want to call our office, 956-318-2157. Uh, we're extremely uh, getting a lot of calls, but we'll try to make sure that we get you out as soon as possible. Heads up, Lone Star National Bank, Lone Star National Bank, any, all locations. As long as you got your tax bill. It came in from the county. You got your long tax bill that shows all the different taxing entities. Take it with you because you can pay at Lone Star National Bank. And as far as the substations for the the taxing uh, office, the tax office, uh, my so many, I I don't want to give away, but I I know which one is like short line. (laughs) But um, as a pump. Yeah, McAllen, right? Yeah, the McAllen. One right it's down a, the street. 300 East Hackberry, McAllen, Texas. That one's going to be on the 31st, going to be open from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah, no, man. The Edinburgh office is going to be open from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. The rest of the office, we're going to close them at 4.30. Uh, so. I know McAllen, the line is pretty good mm-hmm. on you know, pretty much uh, every single day. Uh, other substations that need a little bit more traffic, maybe we can spread the, the love out. Well, definitely. You know, I, I know that, the, I mean, I had 160 people, and I dropped down to about 129 when COVID came about. We're trying to hire people, but it's, it's kind of hard, so please. Now, be, your personnel, please, you mean? Please, yeah. Yes, as far as personnel, uh, are, uh, ask my taxpayers to be please be patient. We, we're trying. We had, uh, again, a sample. We had, uh, we hired six people. Only two of them showed up. You know, and uh, we've had interviews, and and uh, it's it's our job for this year. Yes, so I mean, our job it, it's it's a responsibility. It's so much that we actually at the end of the year we bring over one point one billion dollars for our forty two entities in Hidalgo County. I oversee about three hundred fifty thousand accounts, but that's for the county itself. We're looking at South Texas College. That's three hundred fifty thousand accounts. So when you're looking at it right now for the county, when I said that one hundred eighty-one thousand seven eleven payments have been paid, if if I tell you that as of July, January sixteenth, for all the forty-two entities, we already had one 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 million two eight hundred forty-two payments, and if we look at the overall collections, we're looking already at five hundred thirty million two hundred twenty-seven. So we're about fifty percent. Interesting that uh, keep them coming. You're still um, facing some personnel issues, like all like all entities, all businesses right now. Definitely. Entities, uh, government entities, and businesses trying to hire some people. Only a fraction of the people that you hire uh, eventually show up. Paul Villarreal is our tax assessor collector, Hidalgo County. KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. We mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710. KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710. KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. If you're headed to work or school, McAllen, Mission, Edinburgh, Far, you're seeing plenty of delays. Have been seeing them for a while. Yeah, likely all that caused by all that construction around the interchange. Let's get an update from our TxDOT, Department of Transportation, District Engineer for FAR, is Pete, Pete, Pete Alvarez. All right, Pete, would you say that with all the the lanes that are being worked on, the high-rise lanes and overpass lanes, all that stuff, would you say that we're at the peak of frustration and construction? Have we reached the zenith? Things getting better here pretty soon? Uh, good morning. Yeah, so at this time, we're approximately 70% complete with construction. Uh, since our last update, uh, we have demolished three of the old structures. We're currently building two of those new structures that are coming in, the two-lane uh, direct connector bridges. In addition to that, we're doing a whole bunch of drainage, adding main lanes, adding uh, frontage roads, adding on and off ramps. A lot of construction happening uh, at this time. And so, yeah, uh, right now we're, we're probably at max construction. Crews are moving in. Uh, we have another crew coming in to build the bridge at Jackson. Uh, they're supposed to be mobilizing uh, next week. So it's one of those things. We're at peak construction right now. Uh, as always, we tell the, the traveling public, follow the, the signs. Avoid the area if you can. Please slow down. Uh, be courteous to others. 
uh, it's there's a lot of activity happening right now. What are some of the more popular re- relief routes, east or west, at the interchange? Where should folks go that they're they're, they're not aware of that maybe would provide some relief or a faster route? Yes. So if you're traveling east and west, uh, for, for many folks that live north of I-2, Nolana and State Highway 495 are really good examples of, of alternative routes that they could utilize, get to Raul Longoria on the east side, get to Jackson Road on the west side, and then make your way in and around the interchange. On the south side, uh, Business 83 uh, is probably the best route. If not, you can all, always go further south. And Military Highway is an example if you're traveling into Cameron County or from Cameron County. Pete Alvarez is our TxDOT-FAR district engineer. Yeah, Pete, Tim Sullivan here. So what is the focus of the construction right now that's causing most of the delays? Is it the construction on those on those new flyovers right now? So uh, just to clarify, construction delays, right now we are focusing on the bridges, uh, on the direct connector bridges. Uh-huh. Okay. And so we're having to shut down uh, at night especially. We're sh- shutting down from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m., so that we can go ahead and build bridge uh, structures, if you will, caps, beams, and things of that nature. And so that's causing some some delays, mostly at night. During the day, the traffic flows are, are, are have meddled out. Uh, when you think about when we first started those, those major changes in traffic operations, uh, it was a little frustrating for people to get used to them. Uh, at least that's what I heard. But now it seems to be a smooth, uh, smooth flow, if you will, through mm-hmm. those interchanges. And how long do you expect this construction on, on the direct connectors to last before you're, you're pretty much finished with that? Okay, so substantial completion right now is uh, slated for October of 2023, the end of October of this year. Uh, the major um, lanes, bridges, that will be constructed. We will still have to do some landscaping, some, some other minor stuff after the fact, but substantial completion is still slated for October of 2023. Okay. You know, that's really not all that far off, considering how long we've been having to, to deal with, with this construction. If we can, you know, hang on for another eight months, we're in good shape. Yes. Uh, yes, sir. It's, uh, we ask for patience. We ask for, for the use of alternative routes whenever possible. Uh, give yourself plenty of time. Do not rush. Uh, take into account that there will be some delays at the interchange. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we're aware of that. Let's take that into account when traveling uh, in the area. How much extra time would you estimate drivers should add to their commute right now, you know, as, as you're working on the, the direct connectors, if they have to go through the interchange, if they really don't have any other option? Right. If you have to go through the interchange, I would allow an additional 30 minutes uh, just to be on the safe side uh, to give yourself ample time. Many people try to get to a destination right on time. Uh, to me and my bosses always told me, if you're at there at the time it starts, you're late. You need to be there beforehand. So <laughs> give yourself 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pete Alvarez, excuse me, Pete Alvarez is our Far district engineer with 70% of the work done for all those bridges, flyovers, everything that you're doing at the interchange. Uh, would you say you're ahead of schedule or just on time right now? We're on schedule. We're on schedule at this time. Are there major projects in the region, in the area, that you want to emphasize at the moment? Maybe things that are coming up. What what do you want uh, commuters to to know? Yeah, so we're working closely with Hidalgo County RMA on the 365 tollway south of of McAllen, Mission McAllen Far area. Uh, That project is under construction. Uh, Here next month in February, February 22nd, we're going to have a virtual public meeting for State Highway 68. I remind folks that's... uh, basically a parallel route to, to I-69C. It'll be in the Valverde area, Alamo Donna area, north all the way to the Edinburgh Airport. And so that that uh, project, will, we're going to conduct a, a public meeting, a virtual public meeting on the, I believe it's on the February 22nd, uh, in-person option February 23rd, uh, to provide, uh, basically that's a, uh, an expressway type facility that will be constructed here in the near future. With lawmakers uh, up and running up in Austin, is there something that you want the legislative session to focus on from our perspective, the next big funding that we need down here to uh, make things faster? So when, when all is said and done, we work very closely with uh, our elected officials, whether state representative or senators, we work very closely with them, but we also work very closely with our local governments. It is imperative that cities, counties, our RMAs work together with TxDOT to deliver projects. Uh, in order for us to be able to request additional funding, we got to demonstrate that we can deliver projects. That's been an emphasis over the last two, three months. 
in my conversations with the state legislators. And so we will continue to push there uh, as far as working closely with our local governments to deliver projects. The good thing is that on the funding side, things are simpler, right, for us here in Deep South Texas, and it seems we're getting more money now, right? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, uh, in in uh, end of August, we received two point five billion dollars. That's two point five b billion with a b for the projects over the next ten years. Our portfolio is ten point five billion. So, what does that mean for us? We're moving in the right direction. Well, our our job is to develop projects, get them shovel ready, and then go request that funding. Pete, thanks for the update. Pete Alvarez with Textile. He's our far district engineer. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710-KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Let's do a review and look ahead. Luis Bassan from our far port of entry, our commercial port of entry at Far International Bridge. We appreciate your time today. Let's look back. 2022, some of the highlights, projects, construction, revenue. All, how did we do in 2022 at the Far International Bridge? Hey, Sergio, always a pleasure to be here. So, yeah, for the for the year 2021-2022 at the Far International Bridge, we did great. I mean, uh, considering all the setbacks, uh, some which we won't talk about today, uh, both in the U.S. and Mexico, uh, in the challenges that we face and the shifts in trade and the movement and the supply chain issues, you know, we did great. I mean, we came out on top at about 4.93% on truck crossings. Uh, through through the Far International Bridge, so uh, good year, uh, and 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 obviously looking to better times ahead, and uh, you know despite all the challenges as well. The international commercial operation uh, inbound, right? Anseldoas down the street. That's not till yeah. twenty four, right? So there likely won't be any uh, uh, effect on revenue for twenty three at at the International Bridge at Far. I suspect. Sure. So. So obviously, you know, there's uh, there's other bridges that are in the in the works that are in the making. Uh, not a bridge per se, but uh, you know, it, inbound operations, as you mentioned, like your import lots, you know, export lots, and things of that nature. Not just on Saldus, but also Donna, and uh, even Cameron County is working on some bridge uh, expansions and things okay. of that nature. But you know, overall, Sergio, the way we look at things and the way we gauge the market is is through our trade numbers. So uh, when we look at our trade numbers books. Uh, and this is a study that we conduct every year. This year, we're up again, you know, January through December uh, 2022, we're up another billion dollars in trade value. So we went from 41 point something uh, billion, almost 42 to 43 billion. So for the past six years, seven years, we've been increasing by a billion dollars of trade value per year. So what that means is it all depends on, on, on what you're doing for, for the markets. What are you doing to, to bring in trade uh, you know, there's it's it's for the taking, you know, as I've always mentioned, you know, there's a lot of companies out there we've been hearing lately. And I think we talked about this last time about the nearshoring. It's nothing new. Yeah. But, you know, there's another 400, 500 companies that are moving from China to to Mexico. So that gets us that gets them closer to our region. It gets them closer to the border and it gets them closer to our local bridges, including far. Those 400, 500 Asian firms reshoring headed to Mexico, are they headed to the industrial north, Monterrey, Saltillo? Are they in industries that normally cross at the far bridge? Yeah, I don't, you see, that's that's one thing that we're trying to gauge right now that we're looking at. Uh, we're actually conducting a study ourselves because, I mean, like any news that you hear out there, it's not until you see it coming, it's not until you see it there, 
and especially in the economic development side, as you know, a lot of this stuff stays under the radar until it's finally a go. Uh, so obviously the, the market in Monterrey, the, the, the state of Nuevo León is huge, but so is the state of Tamaulipas. And as a matter of fact, uh, last week we were in, in Ciudad Victoria meeting at the state capitol with the new representatives for the new governor of Tamaulipas. And we have to get on the same page because, you know, again, Nuevo León is strong, uh, but we have to be stronger. Luis Bazan is the director of the FAR International Port of Entry or Commercial Bridge, big one here in Hidalgo County. Agriculture is big for us, and I know we got all these refrigeration warehouses and, and mm-hmm. units uh, nearby and probably yep. probably more on the way. Yep. So uh, I'm thinking any, any growth in, in ag in that sector headed oh, this man. way would, would benefit us. What, our, what do you know? We had our biggest month. Actually, uh, December was our biggest month for agriculture trucks. If you look back in, in historical data, we almost hit about 20,000 shipments of, of ag trucks or fresh produce from Mexico for the month of December. Uh, so we're doing great there. And it's like anything, you know, you start seeing shifts where you might see a dip. For example, right now we're seeing a dip, a, a small dip in the uh, energy sector, you know, going southbound. But then you're starting to see an increase in the ag trucks. And those are your five axle trucks. So everything kind of plays out. Everything kind of evens out. One of the things we're seeing right now uh, through our studies is that, you know, again, going with this shifting in trade that, you know, uh, companies were hit harder earlier this year. Instead of being hit in the first quarter of the of the year, starting January through March, they were hit between November and December of last year. So that's when you start seeing all the dips and the decreases. You know, even manufacturing has been slow in the state of Texas. So going back southbound, uh, you know, that's one of the things that affects not just FAR, but all bridges across the region. If you look at the numbers, you know, you can see the stats where the percentages have dropped, not significantly, but just slightly. Uh, but overall, you know, for FAR, year over year, Sergio, we're doing 4 to 5% growth uh, in crossings and revenues. And, and we have a 5% uh, target for this year at the end of September 2023. You being on the front lines of international trade inbound and also outbound, do you see any slowdown in manufacturing in the industrial north of Mexico and any other production near us in, in Tamaulipas? Usually production there, any slowdown there, is usually the oh, first yeah. sign of an economic slowdown in our country. What do you hear, what do you see from the manufacturing in northern Mexico and near us? Same thing, you know, it's, we're seeing it across the board. Obviously, the supply chain shortages, the fact that there's not enough truck drivers and and things of that nature again going back to all the factors that are affecting trade for the past couple of years since covid uh yeah i mean it, there's 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 been a slight decrease i don't know the percentage exactly but when there's slower production there's less people you know uh working at the, at these factories producing the the products that are crossing to the us or that are needing you know raw materials to go from the us to mexico to complete a product Obviously, that's going to affect it. So when you have it on both sides, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be uh, uh, some change there. Uh, but again, you know, it's it's up to each individual city and, and working as a region to ensure that we're securing uh, that we're preparing ourselves uh, for the future. You know, uh, positioning ourselves yeah. strategically, it's, as I've always said, yeah. uh, for trade because the trade is there, the trade is moving. We just have to also educate. You know, our different industries, specifically the transportation industry, uh, to in, to ensure that we have enough trucks on the road. I mean, I think TechStock put out some numbers a couple of years ago where the biggest increase for trade is on trucks, you know, as com- in comparison to rail and in comparison to, to sea freight. Uh, so we have to we have to ensure that we continue to push those 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 um, uh, that information out, educate the industries so that we can continue to, to, to see more trade crossing through, through this bridge. Okay. I was picking your brain on the whole thing of, of manufacturing, because you mentioned on the energy side, uh, southbound, you saw a little bit of a slowdown yeah. uh, for that. I, I can tell you, because I got mixed signals. I, I got, The month before, I got the, the uh, Port of Brownsville telling us they can't keep up with the demand for steel roll and and slab headed to oh, the yeah. factories in northern Mexico. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm, I'm getting some mixed signals. Either way, let's go back to the Far yeah. National Bridge and the infrastructure you have on the U.S. side. You expecting more warehousing, more cold storage? What's the plan for 23? What do you hear? Absolutely, a little bit of everything. I mean, we have different developers that are looking that have already kind of set 
set up shop. They're 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 getting ready to build out their infrastructure. Uh, you're looking at, at combined joint ventures uh, with different companies. For example, in the produce industry, we talked about this last time that have joined up and are building you know the first million square feet of another uh, you know uh, another agro industrial park or another produce district as we call it. Uh, just yesterday, I was on the phone with another company who you know set up. It's trying to set up shop. They're waiting for a couple of things to take place, but projects projects are on the go, are on the move. You know, we're going to complete our what we call our DAP 15 project, which is our two new our two new north inbound lanes and exit lanes. We're going to complete those by February of this year. Uh, in September of this year, we break ground. Uh, we have a letting date uh, for our DAP 16 projects. And that basically is the, the expansion of the docks inside the import lot, including more cold inspection rooms or an inspection facility and an ag lab and training center. Uh, and then obviously our bridge expansion comes next. So right now we're just waiting to get, get clearance, uh, environmental clearance. As, as we always say, you know, uh, government doesn't run as efficiently as we would love, like for it to run. So it, it's up to us to also push those, uh, push those limits and ensure that we get our, our timelines and um, check. The expected uh, for, timeline for would be approval for the expansion this year and then work on that next year. And how much of an expansion we're looking at at the Far Bridge? Well, I mean, if you look at, if you look at it just, you know, uh, you know, in a very basic form, in its, in its most basic form, you know, it's a total bridge expansion. We're building another bridge uh, adjacent to the current bridge with wow. connecting lanes. So, we're building four more lanes of traffic. This is going to be a southbound bridge. The the one that's in there, the one that's there now, is going to be the northbound bridge, uh, and uh, it's 100% added capacity. You know, uh, so obviously that's going to allow us to really move trade a lot faster. The beauty about this project, and I mentioned it before as well, I think, is the fast lane. So the fast lane, free and secure trade. Any any conveyance, any company uh, that's uh, certified across their entire supply chain will be able to move from Mexico to the U.S. through one or two fast lanes. That'll decrease wait times significantly. I mean, you're looking at about 10 minutes from the time you enter the lane to the time you exit the lane on the U.S. Lane. All right. That's so, yeah, great, great, great improvement. Yeah. Louis, thank you for the update. Success in 23. That's Luis Bassan, director of the FAR International Port of Entry. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio, just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. On the economic development front, we take a quick peek at the rearview mirror and look ahead, checking out the economic horizon for McAllen, economic development director for McAllen, Keith Patridge. Been a while, Keith. Happy New Year, brother. Thank you for joining us today. So, as far as Happy New Year, job creation and companies, twenty twenty two. Some highlights. What are some of the numbers you can share with us? Uh, well, the, the uh, we had a, a decent year considering we were just coming off of the pandemic. But uh, in total, it looks like we have about uh, eleven new companies that came in. That uh, uh, plus in a number of expansions, but uh, 11 new companies that created in total about uh, 1,200 jobs, if I remember correctly. How many expansions did we see in Reynosa, or were the expansions also on our side? Well, they, they're both on both sides. Uh, the U.S. side, not as many as in Reynosa, but in Reynosa, almost every one of the companies expanded during the year. A lot of it had to do with um, moving production from other locations, a lot of them from China, where they're moving particular product lines, not complete plants, but mm -hmm. product lines from China to, um, to 
uh, you know, into the plants in Reynosa. Yeah. What opportunities is that affording us, the whole reshore effort bringing back from Asia to Mexico or the U.S.? Are you seeing some good opportunities, maybe some big projects to take advantage of? Yeah, we certainly are. Uh, uh, they're... Um, uh, we're working some several uh, several uh, pretty large projects right now uh, on the U.S. side uh, because uh, some of these projects, because of specific pieces of legislation like USMCA, um, under the uh, and also under the um, Inflation Reduction Act that just passed, uh, there are some specific advantages for companies to manufacture in the United States. And so uh, we have several companies that are looking at the U.S. side in McAllen for establishing some pretty large facilities. Keith Patrick, Economic Development Director for McAllen, joining us on the morning news. That chip maker that you told us about many months ago that it's on its way to McAllen, making some computer right. chips here in the area. Is that leading, uh, spinning off, creating more jobs, some some uh, service providers or co- component providers for that chip maker? Uh, not, not yet, uh, although we are having some that are related uh, to that sector, uh, that it's not related to that particular company but uh, you know and and as I had mentioned to you when we were talking about the company it's going to be a while Uh, they are doing some um, their specific site Uh, they have to go through some design work and uh, and uh, in order for you know to to meet the requirements of um, uh, government requirements as far as location and uh, and um, uh, flood control, things like that. We usually keep an eye on the northern Mexico economy as perhaps a leading indicator if there's a recession on the way. What do you know, what do you hear as far as orders, factory, uh, the production numbers, the output? What do you hear from Saltillo, Monterrey, industrial north of Mexico? Are they still firing in all cylinders? Because I got the port of Brazil telling me that, man, they're still sending a whole bunch of steel roll and slab Big time to northern Mexico. It seems like they're not slowing down. What are you hearing? Yeah, that's a, that's the same uh, that we're seeing. Uh, we ha- we are not seeing a lot of uh, a downturn yet. Uh, they're still uh, hiring and uh, orders still seem to be coming in. I, I suspect, and I don't know this for sure. I suspect that it may be uh, different sectors are reacting differently. Uh, but uh, everything seems to be going very well at this point. And uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, I think that um, what's interesting is because I think some of it because of what's happened with uh, SpaceX and like the LNG down at the port, but uh, we are beginning to get noticed. And uh, uh, we had a group in day before yesterday and uh, it was interesting because no prompting or anything. They they just told us in the meeting, they said, look, we're here because we think that South Texas is the, the future for uh, Texas. Oh. And uh, that's oh. good to hear when you hear other people saying that. Yeah. Yeah, that LNG thing is pretty much done. The orders, contracts have been signed. There are people on the ground moving stuff. They're <laughs> digging at the port of Brownsville right now, and deepening, uh, deepening the water. So any moment now, we're expecting the final investment decision from LNG. So what type, you know, in your mind, what type of benefit, spinoff uh, benefit do we get? Uh, what, what type of providers, what type of companies do we prospect? Do we go door knocking? And I know you, you're saying they came to us already, but uh, what type of service providers or, or other uh, type of companies can, can we go after? Well, and we're working that right now with, uh, as I say, uh, some of these large companies. Uh, we're looking for uh, specific types of, um, of supply chain components. And uh, we were in Washington, D.C. just earlier this week specifically talking about there is some legislation that's working its way through Congress that is really focused on, you know, they're encouraging the reshoring of specific uh, uh, products that are critical for the U.S. economy and and uh, the security of the U.S. and uh, things like semiconductors, things like uh, 
medical uh, production, uh, pharmaceuticals, all of those things, the the government is now looking at how we can encourage that to come back, that manufacturing to come back. But, But in addition to that, those manufacturers are also saying, but if we can't also get the components that we need to produce those here, and we still have to buy them from China. It's not helping us any. It's just mm-hmm. moving it one step down in the supply chain. And so now they're working on different legislation in Washington to look at how do they encourage uh, the return or reshoring of those component parts or ingredients that's required for uh, for those specific key products that they're looking at at getting back to the U.S. And and so those are all opportunities. One of the companies we're working with, we're, we're also right now working on supply chain to identify key components that they will need in order to uh, to support their return of production over over here. So there's there's going to be a lot of opportunity, I think, and it's going to continue to be international. Um, we're seeing that we're, we're, we have uh, from uh, really companies that we're working with from literally all over the world uh, that are, you know, that are, we're looking at okay. uh, helping to establish operations. Keith, uh, we wish you great success in 2023. Man, you hit it out of the park. Uh, we're all going to be cheering. We're all going to be benefiting from that as well. Thank you, Keith. Keith Patridge with McAllen Economic Development. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.